Welcome to this Red Monk conversation with Vincent Myers, a man who wears a number of hats and frequently cowboy hats. Vincent works uh, in community, DevRel, and productivity engineering at Gradle. He also organizes two local developer conferences in Atlanta, DevNexus and ConnectTech, as well as the Atlanta Java Users Group, uh, frequently referred to as AJUG. Uh, this group meets monthly throughout, and uh, you know this is throughout the year. Um, Vincent, I appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your clearly incredibly busy schedule to uh, speak with me today. Sure. I I'm speaking delighted to you. All right, so let's begin with some background on your career. Can you give us uh, a breakdown about some of the highlights? Oh God, well, it's, um, so despite uh, working in the tech industry for um, a number of years, I've, uh, I've actually got a degree in pottery. I went to art school for four years. <clears throat> Mainly because I failed math in, uh, in high school and I had to retake it. So instead of going to university to do civil engineering, I kind of rejugged my whole high school thing and. Uh, went from um, engineering, maths, and uh, and physics to geography, art, and ceramics, and then spent four years at art school. And uh, and uh, yeah, that's only part of the story, I guess. <laughs> but, um, after that, I, I I got into the tech business because I was a, a recruiter, <clears throat> a tech recruiter for almost twenty years. And I moved to Atlanta in two thousand two to start a company with some friends. I moved from London, and uh, I, I've never been back. But we we uh, we sold that company in 2013, and, and I started working more in community roles, um, you know, within uh, within the tech ecosystem. All right, exciting. Um, okay, so I think I understand why you focus on the Java community, but is there some sort of uh, part of your your work history that really led you to be interested in that group in particular? Um, there is so. Um, the recruiting firm I started, uh, we, <clears throat> we kind of ended up branding ourselves as a specialty Java recruiting company. Uh, and uh, around 2004, uh, J2E, Java 2 Enterprise Edition was kind of blowing up and all the, all the clients were asking for engineers that, that had this, this stack experience. So I started to sponsor the Atlanta Java Users Group uh, as a way to, uh, you know, to get our brand out there, to meet more people in the community, potential you know, consultants and, and candidates, potential customers, and, and learn more. I, I knew that um, I was not a technical person, but I, I, I understood the importance of, of understanding a technology stack and all the acronyms were and what they did and who made them and why they worked and what worked together and so on. So it was a great way for me to, um, to learn more. Uh, so, and then I just stayed with it. Um, yeah, and over the years, uh, then I stopped being, a, a, you know, in a recruiter, but my I guess I fell in love with the Java community and, and I always stayed involved with the Java user group. And that's what I'm really interested in. What is it that makes Java developers so special in your mind and what makes them tick? Um, <clears throat> well, um, because of uh, you know, my work and, and, and you know, I'm involved in other communities too, uh, JavaScript communities and other considerate communities, and we've run events around these over the years, I've just found it one of the most kind of welcoming and accepting and helpful communities out there. Um, it doesn't seem to matter what age you are or, or how much experience you have. People in the Java community, um, that I guess are the, at the front of it, are the people that speak at events and organize events and, and, and work for companies where part of the role is to be public, public facing. They're, they're just the friendliest people and most helpful people ever. Uh, there's there's varying, I guess there's various reasons. I mean, I have perspectives on that, um, but, uh, um, Compared to other tech communities, there seems to be less 
less drama, if you will. <laughs> uh, like maybe a bit more adult supervision. I don't know. <laughs> Are you are you the adult that's supervising? Or are you the one that, that makes sure that really, everyone's really chill? <laughs> I like that. Oh, okay. So on the AJOG website, uh, it states that the meetups typically focus on like education, discussion, um, and uh, you know t- topics related to to the Java ecosystem. So can you share some of the um, the topics that your friends are talking about right now? Where is most of the excitement? In the Java community, well, um, Java twenty one is about to come out, so uh-huh. there's a lot there's a lot of buzz around that. I think it's uh, next month, probably about a month, just uh, just under a month. I think it goes out. So, and there are various features in that, like you know, Loom that have been in development for a long time that are, are more mature. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of our meetings, we um, we have to try and strike this balance when we run these monthly meetings between. Oh, here's the nice new cool shiny framework tool, whatever that does this, that, or something else. Everybody wants to talk about AI. I rarely mention it, okay, intentionally. Um, but uh, we also have to focus on 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 the fundamentals, uh, the basics, if you will, because there are many people that that work in these large companies on these huge projects. That yes, it's, it might be very interesting to hear about the latest features in Java 21. But you know what? They're still on Java 8 or 12, and they need to focus on, on how to do things that, uh, that make their day jobs better and easier. And, and these are things they may have learned when they, when they, than when they studied first. Um, but the, I often find that um, you know, if you're in a situation where you're in a, in, a, in a meeting or a seminar or something, you watch a video and go, oh, oh, yes, I know that, but now it's top of mind again. Yes, we should do more of this. So we, we try to focus on fundamentals as well as the shiny new thing. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, the other question that I have is like for folks who are, are a little intimidated by these meetups, what would you say to them? I mean, is it you're, you're saying it's a welcoming community? Uh, is there you know is there, is there any concern from the folks that you talked with about uh, trying to you know become more involved uh, with AJUG or you know any sort of technology um, community? It's like jumping into a you know into a cold into a cold into a cold swimming pool. You know. You're there's there's some reticence, but you just got to dive in. You know, um, yeah. it's like you don't know what you don't know. You don't, and and I I have sometimes people that it's their first meeting or they come and say, well, I'd like to join the community. I'm like, well, show up, <laughs> just do it, <laughs> just, yeah, just show up. Uh, it's free. Um, you know, we provide food and and uh, we record the sessions too if you want to watch them later. And and there's just a good group of people, and you never know who you meet. You know, you might you might meet your new best friend, you might meet your next boss. Uh, you might need your next hire. So just just come and join in. Yeah, that's huge. There's there's no there's no there's no barrier to entry other than get out of the house. Right. Which is actually a barrier to entry these days. Uh, well yeah, I mean actually that, that kind of segues right into what I wanted to talk about, which is you know the, the challenges that you've encountered uh, in the with the pandemic. So I mean what would you say the COVID nineteen pandemic caused a lot of meetups and conferences to for um, you know core core organizers were forced to you know rethink these in-person events. You know, how did the pandemic affect AJUG and you know DevNexus, ConnectTech? What what was your sort of approach to grappling with this huge uh, you know, shift in, in, in uh, you know, how we, we interact with other developers? Well, we, you know, we shifted virtually very quickly. Um, we've never missed a meeting. Uh, I mean, I've been involved wow. since 2004. The, the, the users, and, and let, me, let me be clear, it's a users group, not a mm-hmm. user group. Uh, that's the terminology. Um, I think it, the inception was like probably 96 or 97. And, it's, wow. and 
we've never missed a monthly meeting and it's always on the third Tuesday of the month. And um, it's always in the same place. Uh, that's also something that's intentional. So hopefully people are on autopilot, just saying. But the pandemic did, uh, there was a bit of a paradigm shift. Um, yes, the virtual thing, it, it was, I, I, I detest virtual events because I've run so many virtual conferences now and meetups. Yeah. Uh, I don't re really ever want to do them again or, or a hybrid thing even. But uh, on the plus side, they are very accessible and very inclusive. So when we did do this thing virtually, and a lot of meetups haven't gone back to being in person because it is it is a lot, believe it or not, to run a thing once a week. There's a lot that goes into it, um, or once a month rather. You, we used to get people from all over the world that would that were trying that would join in, uh, and uh, you know over Zoom, and uh, we'd have a uh, you know the chat, and then and then what we would do after the presenter had finished presenting is is we'd all just hang out on Zoom for a bit. Uh, until people wanted to go. And sometimes that was five minutes. I mean, other times it was like a couple of hours. <laughs> wow. um, but we would get people from, from all over the world that would join in. So that, again, the virtual thing does make what you're doing more accessible and more inclusive because you don't physically need to be there. Um, but, uh, you know, rolling it forward, we started to go back. Um, I think we, we um, when did we go back? Uh, we probably went back to in person right after everyone got vaccinated mm -hmm. in 2021, or well, when they were available, probably in the fall. And then we, we put on hold again because of new strain number, whatever it was, came mm -hmm. back for a couple of months. But um, what we found is that um, people's behaviors have changed over the pandemic. Um, and now, you know, companies have the infrastructure and the process for people to work from home that wasn't there before. You know, we've all heard this, you know, three years of digital transformation happened in like three months. Uh, very, very true. Mm -hmm. And, and, and um, you know, a lot of people that had never, I mean, I've worked remote for like 10 years, it wasn't really anything new, but a lot of people had never done this before and, and had no idea how to do it uh, productively. <clears throat> so now people are used to working from home, you know, current times. And, not every uh, software engineer is now back in the office. They're, they might be fully remote still, or they might be hybrid. Um, the percentage that's back in the office is probably relatively small, um, mm -hmm. yeah. full-time. So what happens now is, in the past, people would leave work, uh, and they actually might stay a bit later at work, um, and then come to the meetup at 7 o'clock. That's when we start. And they'd, they'd stop, and then we'll go home. <clears throat> Nowadays, people, for the most part, have to leave home to come to the meetup or the, or the, or the, the meeting, the monthly meeting. And in the, in the rush hour, the worst time of day, and a lot of times with all the best intentions in the world, you get to like six o'clock, okay, I need to leave now to drive to where the meeting is. And oh, but you know, let me just finish this email or a work call runs along or, or the dog gets out and is running down the street or it starts raining or oh, I'm just too tired, and then you don't go. That's what's happening a lot these days. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, something similar. Um, yeah, in in my case, it's usually toddlers banging on the the door outside of my office, or uh, uh, you know, some sort of um, you know. Uh, 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 contractors come trying to to, to stop by to <laughs> take care yeah. of a, a necessary home repair, but or it can yeah, just be, uh, have to put pants on for the first time today. Oh. I don't even do that. We're not even <laughs> we're not even getting into pants. <laughs> All right.
So I, I want to talk a little bit about your DevRel hat at this point, because I think something that's really been interesting to me um, is this the sort of dichotomy between like leadership and mentorship and, and um, how, you know, how, how we can lead and but also uh, sort of um, ensure that developers have the, the freedom to do you know, what it is that they need. And so this really came out of a conversation I had with some folks at the Apache Software Foundation. So Christopher Dutz, um, you know, we were talking about the ASF's governance model. And so I was really interested in this idea of the, the independence of these projects, right? And you know, he, it got me thinking about the challenges, um, you know, especially in open source communities, but I think you know, in most developer communities where there's this, this sort of stereotype that developers, you know, they want to focus on their IDE, their terminal. They don't want to be bothered by managers, right? Um, but at the same time, devs crave this sort of connection with folks that they can nerd out with, like uh, you and the Ajax friends. Uh, so all that is to say, like, there just seems to be uh, this this difficulty that, you know, developers are almost like hothouse plants, right? Where you really have to just find this balance to to ensure that that they're happy with the communities that are being created for them. And they're not like, you know, being told what to do, but at the same time, they have the sort of structure to to really thrive. So can you talk at all about like your experience as, as a sometimes community member, sometimes community leader um, and, you know, DevRel sort of professional, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, how do you find that balance uh, between sort of leading and allowing the community to form uh, in ways that seem natural to it? Well, I think, um... Uh, most most um, the people that are actively involved in communities are, are outliers. Anyway, okay. um, you know sometimes in the context of uh, a, a Java users group, how do we get people there? Okay, um, because sometimes the people that benefit would benefit most from the meetings are the people that that you know they and there's I'll never disparage this at all. It's just hey, go and write code, go home. And they've never really heard of open source much or don't really necessarily know how to contribute or never really thought about it. Um, those are the people who benefit most from going to these meetings, mm. but how do you reach them? Uh, and it's an age-old question that all user group leaders, you know, whether it's whatever the community is, face. Uh, I, I had a, a recent example of a lady I met uh, at an event and she was from Seattle. And I said, oh, do you know Freddie? Um, he runs the, the, the Java user group. Um, and she said, no. She said, the what group? I said, the C jerk. You know, C in Seattle, Seattle, Seattle Java user group. Well, I didn't know there was one. And, and she'd been there for 10 years. So she was wow. a C And I worked at some, you know, some of these major enterprises and no idea is there. And I find that, um, and I was asked this myself at another event in the Q&A, um, and, you know, how do we get younger people out to these things in mm. the younger Java you know, developers? The challenge we have here is that they don't, just don't know these things exist. Mm -hmm. um, the folks that go to meetings or do any kind of thing on open source are, are, are outliers because they already understand that it's there. Uh, and even that subset, though, how do you get those folks out from their little open source project? Um, maybe go to the, you know, the, the con, Apache uh, con, or now community of coders, it's going to be called from now on uh, every year. Maybe they do that. Maybe they don't. Um, uh, but they, you know, they love plugging away on, on, on Apache Beam or whatever it is they're working on. Um, how do you get them to, to do more other than just that you know, technical thing because, you know, they're interested in it? It's, it's, a, it's, it's difficult. It's really difficult. I don't have an answer. Yeah. No, I, I don't know that anybody does, but that's why I think it's interesting because, I mean, you, it sounds like you've really devoted 
your career and your, you know, your hobbies. I, I mean, I guess maybe we should have talked about this earlier, but like, what is the distinction between a users group and sort of a more general meetup or maybe a vendor community or an open source? Like what, what does a users group offer that is so unique? There's no, well, I think in the Java world, they started out becoming being six okay. special interest groups. Um, in fact, one of the, the larger ones in the US, the, uh, the New York uh, Java group is still the NY Java SIG, NY Java Special Interest Group. Mm -hmm. And then um, the SIGs kind of evolved into users groups uh, as, as uh, I guess, as the language and platform became more, more, you know, more mature and more people getting, were getting involved and wanted to collaborate on various things. And, and, and um, a, a leader in the community steps up and says, hey, I'm going to run this because it'll be cool to do it. Uh, maybe my company will sponsor a room with some pizza or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can get other sponsors if we put their logo on a website. Not every users group has a website. Meetup has kind of taken over as one, taken over as one of the de facto repositories for all these meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and the number of organizations that have their own uh, website is, is declining. And in fact, if you started one, why would you even write your own website? Just create a, a group on Meetup um, as a way to, to get the word out to people that there's something going on every month. Uh, maybe try and take advantage of you know, Meetup's organic SEO, which is substantial. And so I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, but is there any difference between, I think there's, there's a difference in drivers. So I've seen um, Meetups that are uh, directly sponsored by, I mean, I, I call them OEMs. There's some disagreement about whether or not an enterprise software company that makes a database or makes a language or a platform is an OEM, but that's what I call it because that's what it is in my head. Okay. <clears throat> Their drivers for putting these things on are, um, well, the people that actually put them on or organize them, uh, they do it, they're, they're pretty altruistic, I think. But the company's drivers for supporting them are pretty self-serving. They, they want exposure to this group of people for their brand. And there's really nothing wrong with that, as long as they're not using it as a vehicle for you know, elevated product pitches and things like that. Um, some companies do it just because they feel it's the right thing to do uh, to gain you know, brand awareness for, uh, for whatever it is they're doing. And some is just like, well, you know, we, we, can, uh, we can get more leads, if you know what I mean. But um, at the end of the day, all of these things, uh, a user's group, a meetup, a SIG, whoever they're organized by, they, um, they always revolve around the efforts of, of one or two core people and the passion of one or two core people. And if those people kind of move on or get other responsibilities, then sometimes it just goes away. Yeah, I get that impression. I think that's why that question of leadership really resonates with me, because I think when I talk to folks and, you know, especially those in the, the open source community, there's so much emphasis on, on the community aspect of like getting as many voices as possible, bring everyone in, right? We really want to make this, uh, you know, something that serves everybody and that this is, you know, accessible and the whole thing. But then I do, I, I often hear that, yeah, it's like, you know, it's really driven by these folks who have just committed so much time to it. Because yeah, I mean, the amount of work that goes into this, I can't imagine. And I don't know how you do it. I mean, there's, <laughs> it, I mean, I guess, so this, you know, helps me to, to, to kind of uh, get to the uh, sort of, I guess, the, the, the sort of um, question of how um, how you would uh, mentor prospective organizers. How is it that you um, tell folks who are interested in becoming sort of the, the the catalyst for starting a new group or maintaining one or, you know, just becoming more involved in the, the sort of um, 
yeah, the, the leadership component of, of one of these organizations, what, what advice would you give them uh, other than just like, you know, you might have to quit your day job and this is going to take up every hour of your free time? No, it, it's, uh, it's, I guess the, um, the overarching thing is, is, is just being intentional. Okay. Um, so not, none of this happens by, by accident. And, um, but when I say I'm actually, I like to talk a lot about intentional software engineers understand eventual consistency, uh, basically it's all going to happen the same way. Um, I, I like to talk about intentional consistency, but it, it doesn't just apply to user groups, it applies to anything in life, right? Uh, and, and in the context of our technical conversations, it's says user groups and meetups, et cetera. But at, um, being intentional about, um, again, what goes into running just one meeting once a month? What do you, what do you have to have necessarily? I mean, you need a speaker and you need a space and you need a, need a time of day, if you will. And that's, those are really the only three things hmm. that you need. But those three things are sometimes really hard to, to get all, all at the same time. Every hmm. single month, it requires effort because you're relying on, um, we're a little different because we pay for our space and we can do that because we run an event. Um, most uh, users groups or meetups uh, don't have that and they're relying on a company to provide them a space. And that works out really well sometimes until it doesn't because we've been in that situation uh, where, or I've seen this happen rather, where you're reliant on, on a, a sponsor, a sponsor, you know, not necessarily giving you money, but they're letting you use their facility. Uh, which you might have done successfully for some years, but all of a sudden, oh, well, you know, we just changed our policy or the CEO needs the room for this tonight or uh, we're renovating or, or whoever it is that you're interfacing with leaves uh, to do, you know, to another company and there's no one else to pick it up and it just goes away. So um, it's it's sometimes very really hard to, and then, you know, you're then get a speaker and then try and think about, okay, well, all right, we don't have any money to get someone to speak. We need people from the community to step up and speak. And that is often a, a good way for, for those folks to get to on that kind of speaker train, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do we reach them? Now, who do we, how do we, you know, if I'm going to find speakers in a new community, what would I do? I'm going go to go to LinkedIn and look up Java and engineer and see who shows up. <laughs> That's what I would do. But, yeah. Know, it's, an, it's a level of intentionality about it. Uh, and, uh, um, to get it to the point where it's kind of self-sustaining is, is, is a lot. Uh, and then to sustain it is, is still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm exhausted just thinking about it, but I, I mean, I can see how important it is to the community here. I mean, I did attend Dev Nexus this spring and I was, I was really, uh, inspired by the amount of, uh, enthusiasm, uh, for Java and just for the, the fact that Atlanta has such a strong, robust community here. I mean, and I think that, you know, you and your co-organizers co are really, uh, to thanks for that. So, you know. Yeah, that event, and it's been going for some time now, but, and, you know, 2020 was probably the, the, the attendance was, it was at its height. At about twenty four hundred, it's not a huge, you know, compared to reinvent, you know, Amazon reinvent or something or whatever Salesforce does. But that's um, no, a lot. I mean, for us, it's a lot. Our goal is never to have this massive thing, which is to do the best one we can. And then, of course, it took a hit, you know, during the pandemic, and it's building mm -hmm. back up for that. But um, Atlanta is a, a, a there's, a, there's a lot going on here in terms of technology, and you know, even just with Java. Uh, if I think about just two companies that are here, um, AT&T and, uh, and the Home Depot probably, there's probably just 4,000 job developers just between those two companies. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, and and I think Atlanta has you know, a very high percentage of the Fortune 500 that are headquartered here. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you can go, oh, that's the schools at Georgia Tech and all that. Students never come, by the way. I've tried unsuccessfully over the years to donate tickets to Georgia Tech. They're not interested. If oh. Georgia Tech's watching, why, really? I guess I can't find someone who'd pay attention. That's really interesting. I mean, that's what brought me to Atlanta. I, I did a postdoc at Georgia Tech. So, uh, you know, I wish I wish I'd have known at the time. I'd have, I'd have started, you know, <laughs> making an extra credit for my classes. <laughs> I did meet the, 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 the young gentleman that ran um, some kind of Java community there once at a, at a party. And we had a great discussion about, hey, you guys can get involved in the users group. You can get involved in the, com- in the conference. We'll give you tickets to the conference. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Wow. Maybe they graduated and moved on. I don't know. Hard to say. All right. Well, that's, you know, this is your roadmap. This is, this is goals. This is, uh, you know, 2024. You got it all figured out. <laughs> Break into Georgia Tech. <laughs> all right. So uh, as we're wrapping up here, if folks are interested in participating in the groups and events that you help organize, where should they look for more information, Vincent? Well, with the, uh, um, <laughs> I want to say, even though we have websites, um, uh, the, the Atlanta Java user group is ajug.org um, and uh, devnexus is devnexus.com. So those are the two things that the Java user group does. Uh, we also um, run a, uh, what's become the largest multi-framework front-end conference in the country, connect.tech, that's the URL, connect.tech in Atlanta. This is the 11th year, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in October. So uh, if people are full stack developers or any kind of flavor of JavaScript, um, they can check that out. Excellent. All right. Well, I want to thank Vincent for joining me today. I will provide links to these organizations and events um, that he mentioned in the, the show notes. Uh, and I look forward to seeing uh, you uh, representing Red Monk at Connect Tech uh, this October. So thank you. See you there. Nice to see you. Have a good weekend. Bye.